Quentin Tarantino is a racist. Quentin Tarantino is a sexist. Quentin Tarantino is a bigot. I'm so tired of all these arguments. No, actually, I was a big fan of Quentin Tarantino's film. Big fan of Quentin Tarantino in general. You know, I kind of think Quentin Tarantino's is like, he, he's like our Leonardo da Vinci. He, Quentin Tarantino has been a hero of mine since I was a kid. Oh, but he's racist. No, you're just stupid. Sorry, there's, noth I, there's nothing interesting happening at the White House. You know, I'm over the squad. I don't particularly care if they go to Israel or not. Like, how does that affect your life? It doesn't. You know, there's all this controversy. Oh, they, they, they can't go to Israel. Who cares? Quentin Tarantino's film is where it's at. I saw Tarantino's film, and I thought, uh, I thought it was better than Pulp Fiction. Who agrees with me? Do you guys even see it? I, it? It's a little on the violent side, but that's fine because, I mean, what do you expect with a Quentin Tarantino film? So today's White House brief is going to be a little different in the sense that we don't talk about the White House uh, at all. But if you indulge me, we're going to have some fun and you'll watch because it's me. Once upon a time in Hollywood. But first, our sponsor today, it is Simply Safe. Protect your home with cameras. Did you know that July and August are when most burglaries occur. So that would be right now, because we're in August. So it is time to protect your home, because the crazy thing is only one in five homes have home security. What are you doing? Why are you not protecting your home? What, you're just gonna let, you're just gonna let burglars break into your home? Don't think that's such a good idea. So instead, you need Simply Safe. Oh, but I don't have the money. Oh, but I'm not a Rockefeller. I can't afford security. Well, get this. Simply Safe is just 15 bucks a month. It gets you around the clock monitoring and there's no contract. There's no hidden fees and there's no fine print. So you set it up in your home and it's super easy because they give you instructions on how to set it up and then you just follow the instructions and then it's done. And then your home is secure. So you can monitor your home from your mobile device, from your phone. And the great, because the, the great thing about technology the great thing about capitalism is that it makes things that only rich people, you know, you used to say, oh, this is home security, that's only for the wealthy. No, capitalism makes it so that rich people, the things that they used to have are available to the masses. So Simply Safe does it for super cheap, and with their video verification technology, the police, the police can actually see and confirm that a break-in is happening, and then they can get to the scene 3.5 times faster than other home security companies. So visit simplysafe.com slash WHB to not get robbed. And when you do that, when you visit that, you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. So you've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash WHB. Slash WHB, that's how they know you, I sent you. Your epic host, the one and only John Miller, sent you to simplysafe.com slash WHB. All right. So White House Brief, we're doing movie reviews. I don't care what anyone says. All right. I, I mean, I shouldn't eat popcorn because it gets all in your mouth. This show's a mess. Today is a mess. All right. But I mean, what does Rotten Tomatoes have that I don't? You know, I'm probably smarter and better looking and funnier than any of the people who write for that website. So... Let's talk Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You've got this beautiful Tarantino film about Hollywood in the late 60s. Basically talks about the, the end of the golden age of Hollywood. I thought the film was an absolute stunner. I mean, there, there's, something, 
there was something so beautiful and glamorous about this film, and it had something that we don't see in movies anymore. You know, you've got the invasion of these intentionally unfunny comedians, you know, these women who just think self-deprecating humor is funny, like Lena Dunham, even though she was in this film. But, you know, like you've got these films, like what was that awful film about the astronaut ladies? Like, oh, we're going to space, you know. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wasn't that. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was an instant classic. And for some reason, we, we here at Blaze TV have some very stupid staffers named Phil who didn't think it was epic. How do you watch this film and not think it's the greatest film of the year? I don't get it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, here's the trailer. All the shooting. <laughs> I love that stuff, you know, the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody the biggest thing about this film that people are saying is that oh Tarantino's a racist Tarantino's a sexist where was the where was the black transgender protagonist who gets a sex change and then marries the child of his dreams in this film where was he I didn't see him Tarantino's a racist? Really? This is, this is a guy who created Kill Bill. You want to say Tarantino's a sexist? This is a guy who created a film about a woman who goes around kicking ass and taking names. You want to say Tarantino's a racist? This is a guy who created Pulp Fiction, a film where the protagonist is Samuel L. Jackson. Say he's a sexist? This is a guy that made Jackie Brown. Say he's a racist? This is a guy who made Django Unchained. But yet... Here are the Looney Tune liberals out there. He, they made a N-word chart for how many times Tarantino uses the N-word in his movies because he's a racist. And do you know in the movie, Django Unchained, a movie that is set in the time of slavery, huh, there's a lot of N-words. Why would that be? But in that movie, the slaves are the heroes. You know, Tarantino, he doesn't care about race. He doesn't care about any of your racial gendered BS. He cares about badass characters and he cares about storytelling. You know, people are saying, why were there no black characters in this film? I, should every filmmaker have to say, um, excuse me. Well, we have exactly uh, three black people in this film and they have 16 lines and this film and they're playing a pivotal role. Screw that. Give me a good story. Give me some good characters. The left isn't capable of that. So you've got the, the idiots at Time Magazine. They're saying, well, women don't talk enough in Tarantino's films. Historically, female characters in his films have had fewer lines of dialogue than their male counterparts. And then they counted to see how often women talk. They say they don't talk enough. Well, some would say it's better that way. I'm not saying I would say that. But I don't know, someone at, uh, at maybe Disney might. The men up there don't like a lot of blather. Don't like a lot of blather. I mean, I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying sometimes women are great to look at and don't necessarily need lines. I mean, when you've got Beatrix Kiddo going around kicking people's ass, I mean, this woman's a badass. I mean, does she really need to be talking? Does she really need to be running her mouth? Why are lines the identifier as to how prominent a woman's role is in a movie when you literally have Beatrix Kiddo kicking ass and taking names? I love this woman. So Tarantino, he's done multiple films with female protagonists who kick literal ass. 
Originally, the timepiece, you know, they, they, they're trying to spin a narrative. They're trying to spin this narrative that Tarantino hates women. Tarantino objectifies women. And they omitted a movie called Death Proof, a movie whose cast members are basically all women, but they updated it to fix that because people called them out on it. Another film, Jackie Brown, ultimate badass. So, you know, I don't think sexism is an issue with Quentin Tarantino. I don't think racism is an issue with Quentin Tarantino. The other thing they're saying is that, oh, it's racist because it portrays Bruce Lee as an arrogant loser who gets his butt kicked, which he does. We get into a fight, I accidentally kill you, I go to jail. Anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. And then Brad Pitt takes him and he throws him into the car and it leaves a huge dent. And people are furious about it because, oh, you can't treat an Asian man that way. Quote, Bruce Lee's close friend calls Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood depiction sloppy and somewhat racist. Why is that racist? Race doesn't even have anything to do with it. You have to make the Asian man the hero? And unfortunately, in this film, unfortunately for the left and their identity politics, the white guy is the hero. And the white guy saves the day. And you can't have that. The white guy is the one who eradicates the Manson family. You know, the Manson family of murderers who, let's not forget, in real life, murdered a very pregnant, a pregnant woman. I know the left doesn't really value that. But they murder a pregnant Sharon Tate. The film presents, once upon a time in Hollywood, it, it's, it's an alternate reality. Tarantino does that. He did that in uh, Inglorious Bastards. He presents an alternate reality where the tragedies of the Manson slaughters and the Manson killer, killings don't happen because the hippies are killed themselves. And in this film, you can't have it, but in this film, the hippies are the evil scum. And that's just historically factually accurate. In this film, the Manson hippies are the ones who decide to roll up. In, in real life, they roll up to Sharon Tate's house. Sharon Tate had a, uh, was sharing a house that she rented with her husband, Roman Polanski, they were renting the home from a producer named Terry Melcher. And Terry Melcher is a producer, music producer, who snubbed Charles Manson's career in Manson's judgment. So that, that's what is said. So it is said that Manson put a target on his home and said, go, and said to his family, the Manson family, he said, go kill these people in the most gruesome way possible. And so, he, they, and so they did. And so Sharon, this is reality, not what happened in the movie. This is reality. Sharon Tate was at that house. Polanski was out of town, but she was murdered along with four others, four of her friends. However, in the Tarantino film, the Manson family of murders, of hippie murders, they, instead of going to Polanski's rented home that he was sharing with Sharon Tate, they go visit Leonardo DiCaprio's home, which is right next door. And in the process, they get completely obliterated. They get destroyed by Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio who just completely screw them up. And so people are somehow upset over this, uh, you know, that the murders weren't treated justly. Some goofball at Vox is complaining, quote, the easy argument here is, listen, these women brutally killed a pregnant woman. They deserve what's coming to them. And sure, maybe they do. Maybe they're not the good guy. Cliff is certainly defending himself when he kills them instead, but you're also not exactly supposed to find it a grim but necessary act when he whips a can of dog food into one of their faces. You're supposed to think it's fun. To get to a point where it feels at all defensible for these two women to be killed in such horrible fashion involves wading so deep into the subtext as to end up in over your head.
Uh, yeah, because we're talking about literal murderers here. Like, oh, but you don't think they were too cruel to the Charles Manson murderers because they were women? Uh, no. I mean, sorry if I'm not in favor of murderers. You know, that, that's how you know this country has gone off the rails. That's how you know we're in a mess. When people are saying, excuse me, but you need to show a little sympathy for Charles Manson. So this film didn't exactly show that sympathy. This film showed his family of murderers as the actual antagonists, which is what they were historically. In addition, symbolically, what I found fascinating is that the film, in a way, because you know the, the Manson murderers are seen as the end of the 60s. So in a way, this film kind of says, because we ended the Manson murders, because we made the Manson murderers not happen, we want the 60s, we want the golden age of Hollywood to continue. We want it to never end because the Manson murders, those are seen as the end of the kind of uh, classic Hollywood age. And then you had the 70s and you had the radicalism in the 70s that commenced. And this film, by basically stopping in the alternate reality that this film presents, you have them stopping those responsible for committing the most infamous Ma uh, Manson murders. They're saying, no, the 60s are gonna continue. We're gonna continue the greatness of the 1960s. It is an argument for the more traditional 60s as opposed to the radicalism of the 70s. You know, the 70s, the collars grew huge, the bell bottoms came in, you got the afros, they went nuts. This film said, uh, maybe we don't want that to happen. And furthermore, this film was about two awesome white guys who save America from cascading into the unruly radicalism that was the 1970s. And that is not a film you can make in 2019. You have to embrace the craziness, the craziness of the hippie era, the craziness of the 70s. So I give Tarantino props for saying, well, I don't care about your politically correct BS. I don't care about you politically correct lunatics. I'm just gonna make an awesome film. So go see it. Yeah, it gets, if you're like a prude person, it gets a little violent at the end. You know, it's much more violent than, uh, than unplanned, but it's a comedic violence. It's hilarious violence. It's like the violence that you know is going to happen in a Tarantino film. And in a Tarantino film, you need it. I, my, my favorite thing that Tarantino does is when they cut the limbs off of people and the blood just like <laughs> sprays everywhere like a hose. So, you know, the whole film, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, where's my violence? Where's my blood? Where's my spraying? And then at the end, you get it. So, you know, I'm, the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm missing my characteristic action sequences. And then you get it at the end when they torch this stupid woman like a wildfire. It's cinematic beauty. Sorry, lady, maybe you shouldn't have murdered Sharon Tate. That's the lesson here. Hope you enjoy being burnt to a crisp. So the film is so good. Go see it. It's long and uh, there's not really a plot but the whole time I was fascinated and you will be too. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief Podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.